Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet. We have a special episode for you today. The first week of February is National White Cane Week in Canada. And in honor of that, well, I should say the purpose of White Cane Week is to raise awareness about blindness and partial sight. And so in honor of that, we are bringing back the Ask Abby, which is Abby stands for a blind beginnings youth. And we haven't done one of these episodes in a while. So, and we've got some new youth here to answer your questions. And we are always open to having questions from our listeners. So if there is a question about blindness or visual impairment that you are dying to know the answer of and would love the perspective of a youth, um, please send those emails in to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Uh, if there's a topic that you'd like us to dive deeper into or talk about more, um, if there's something we haven't talked about yet that you'd like us to talk about, we always love hearing from our listeners and would love to be inspired by your questions and topic requests. So that is always an invitation that is always open and we would love hearing from you. All right. I'm going to introduce my co-hosts today. We have Alethea, Nolan, and Nina, and it is Nina's first time. So big welcome to you, Nina. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And welcome to Nolan and Alethea too, of course. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah. Yes. So I would love for you all to introduce yourselves, remind, if you've been here before, remind our listeners um, your level of vision. And if you want to share maybe your age or your grade, I think that would be good for people to know kind of your where you're coming from when you're answering the questions. So Nolan, why don't you go first? Okay. I'm Nolan. I'm, I'm in grade 10. I'm 15 years old. And I don't really have any vision. I have a little bit of light perception, but no really usable vision. I'm Alethea, and I'm in grade 11, and I'm completely blind. Yeah, I'm Nina. I'm 17, and I'm in grade 12, and I have Stargardt's disease, so I have no central vision. So basically, I struggle to see details and anything that's not right in front of me. Okay, so we have a bit of a range, which I think is great because some of the questions uh, might be more relevant to someone who has uh, partial sight and other questions might be more relevant to someone with no sight and some will be relevant to all of you. So are you guys ready to answer these questions? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. Okay. So before I ask my first question, I feel like I want to give a little bit of uh, background to people who might not be aware. So to be classified as legally blind, your vision uh, would needs to be 10% or less. So perfect vision is 20-20 vision. Legal blindness is anywhere sort of between 2200 and 
and or worse. So what you could see with perfect vision at 200 feet, a person with 20 over 200 vision would have to move 20 feet from that object to be able to kind of identify it. So there's quite a range. Uh, and I think people don't really understand that. They think blind means no vision at all. So this is a question that Nina has been asked. Uh, Nina, why do you wear glasses and do they help your visual impairment? Yeah, so I have worn glasses since I was five and that's because I'm farsighted, ironically, and I have astigmatism. And so the glasses basically correct that, but they aren't able to correct the stargarts since that's sort of in the back of the eye and the cells are actually dead. So I do see better with my glasses than without them, but they don't technically help my visual impairment, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I have kind of the opposite uh, retinitis pigmentosa. So generally I had central vision and not peripheral vision back when I was younger and I wore glasses as well. And it was like the glasses helped my acuity. So they helped me read, but they didn't like fill in the gaps of vision that were missing. So right. yeah, glass. And I got that question a lot too. Like, why mm -hmm. do you, why, <laughs> or can't you just get stronger glasses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Nolan, you've been asked, uh, can't you just wear glasses and not be blind anymore? That's the funny yes. one. I believe the word was unblinded. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> That's creatively um, funny. <laughs> asked to me by a teacher in oh, my school. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not really the way it works because glasses you'll you'll need to have some sort of usable vision and seeing light doesn't really do much mm -hmm. um it also depends and, where the damage to the eye is right so yeah next question can all blind people read braille so i thought i would just ask do all of you read braille i do i read braille yeah Okay. I am actually in the process of learning Braille. Okay. So how do you read or how have you been reading Nina? Um, mostly I still read just using large print and most things are electronically, but Braille is kind of a, a useful skill to have just in case you never know where my vision will go. And there's always Braille signs in public. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can, you can use large print magnification yeah, in, and read print. Okay. Okay. So for those of you who do read Braille and I guess Nina, if you're learning, you could probably speak to this as well. Uh, a question we have here is, is it hard to learn Braille and how long did it take you to learn? Alethea, do you want to take this one? Okay, sure. So for me, I don't think it was necessarily hard for me because I felt as though it was a fun process when I was younger. So I started learning Braille when I was four years of age and my vision teacher who taught it to me, she just made it so fun and enjoyable. We made books together in Braille. Um, sometimes um, she, she she would like do fun activities she'd know I'd be interested in. And it was just a great experience all around. What about you, Nolan? I um, 
I learned Braille when I was five years old, went into kindergarten, sort of around the same age. My vision teacher also did all sorts of fun sort of things to get me to learn. So for you guys, because it was introduced to you instead of print, it was just normal, right? It's sort of like, you don't yeah. know any difference. Yeah. So kind of the equivalent it's just of learning, learning to read. read. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Nina, how are you finding it? Yeah, I started learning when I was 15 and I'm almost done. And it was also really fun for me because it's just so cool. But it's a lot harder learning when you're older. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost like learning a new language. Like, if you grew up speaking two languages, that's just normal for you. But if you're trying to learn French when you're 20, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I learned when I was 18 to read Braille and uh, I'm still not super great at it. It wasn't hard to learn, but hard to remember because there's like a lot. Um, yeah, and it's for people work. who don't know, does one of you want to explain what Braille is? Braille is the way that blind people read. There are six dots arranged in certain ways to make different letters. But then there's also contractions. The contractions, the yeah. <laughs> there, there are contractions, abbreviations to mean different words or combinations of words and stuff. Yeah. Does anyone know how yeah. many contractions there are? 52, isn't it? No, it's, it's more than, more than that. Like that. It's like 400 or something. Uh, it used to be like something like 255, but then now there's UEB. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure, but a lot. So that's a lot to memorize and remember all, all different combinations of six dots. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like once you know it, it's not hard. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I, I don't want to portray Braille as this really hard thing. Uh, you can learn the alphabet in an afternoon. Yeah. All right. Do you listen to audiobooks or do you prefer to read in Braille or large print? For me, either is good. Sometimes, I guess it really depends on where I am or what I'm doing. Like, say, if I'm, I don't know, eating breakfast and I want to listen to an audiobook or maybe on a drive in a car, a packed car with me and my siblings and stuff i used to bring braille books in the car but then they'd get mad that i was putting my braille book in their personal space mm. <laughs> right so usually i just listen to audiobooks and read braille in my room or at school or if there's any kind of flat surface like a table for me to put it on mm-hmm. yeah you don't get the peanut butter or jam on the braille at breakfast right <laughs> yeah you ever had a peanut butter and braille book sandwich for your fingers oh i would hate that to get a book from the library and it's all sticky Uh, with yeah Yeah. uh what what about you alethea audio or braille i honestly i'm a braille person unless necessary to listen to an audiobook because that's just how i found myself reading books like i'd be so submersed in reading just like the braille books like the same way in how sighted people read, read braille it just gets my brain it's into it and it helps me make images in my head because mm-hmm. that's my equivalent of of how i read yeah totally yeah uh what about you nina 
Um, I've always been a reader. And when I was younger, I had a little more vision. So I was able to read most books. And then I moved on to large print books. And then around COVID, I discovered the wonderful thing that is audiobooks. And now I listen to them 24-7. And I've tried reading large print again, but I lost a little more vision. So it's just more of an eye strain. Mm -hmm. And audiobooks are also great because you can like do chores while you're listening. Totally. Yes. I do the dishes listening to an audiobook. Yeah. That's great, really isn't it? Bearable. Yeah. It just makes the time go by faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally does. I even vacuum. I just have to crank the volume up really high. Oh, oh, <laughs> I Sean, do that too. Really? Really? <laughs> Not I, on my ears, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the audiobooks too. And yeah. I used to read a lot with my eyes as a kid until I was probably like 13 or something. And then it's just like the books got too long and the print got smaller and it, it was just tedious. So mm-hmm. audiobooks are the best. But I, I get what you're saying, Alethea, about your imagination. Like an audiobook is can be good or bad based on the person reading it, right? Like if it's a voice that mm-hmm. you don't, like um that can ruin the book for me at yeah. least and I'm for us it's sort of like books. a tv except with no audio description so for us like we're passively listening to it we're trying to imagine it but it's just not the same effect mm, interesting okay okay um this is a question alethea has been asked how do you dream and especially if you have no vision so what's, oh yeah what's oh. dreaming like so for me, I, I dream, like, sometimes I just dream how, like, everyone else dreams where images come in my head, um, like, um, I had, a, I had a dream once where I went to one of my, uh, uh, drummers on, one of the drummers on YouTube that I'm a fan of, I went to his house and played on his drum set. <laughs> But in that dream, I was um, visually impaired, so like completely blind. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in my dreams, I am sighted. Like right now, currently, like there's not a lot of dreams where I'm actually sighted. I mean, back when I was younger, those dreams happened. But right now, it seems to be like for me, I'm blind. But, you know, it just mm-hmm. it depends what my subconscious, I guess, wants to come up with. So when you say that you create images, like what, what do they look like? Or how do you experience those images? Are you seeing? It's, I just find like sometimes those, those scenes and images, like from the real real world world in my experiences, I somehow, I guess, transfer them to the dream Mm -hmm. and make them even better. Mm less realistic maybe and just it it's it's very sometimes I come out of the dream I'm like what wow or I did this wow (laughs) (laughs) interesting what about you Nolan do you how do you experience dreaming well I'm blind in every single one of my dreams okay um I actually am not sure how that would work to be sighted in dreams because you know, you've never experienced what it's actually like. I think it would be, well, like for me, I feel like I know where everything is in my dream because it's my dream and I've created it. 
So even it's not necessarily that I'm seeing it fully as it maybe looks, but I'm seeing it how I imagine it looks. It's sort of like when I walk into a room, I can picture what it looks like in my house. And I sort of feel like I'm seeing it, even though I'm not Mm. seeing it. Because yeah. I, I think I'm seeing it, but then I go to someone else's house and realize, wow, I really can't see very well. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Nina? Are you, do you see like you do in real life in your dream or do you see better in your dreams? I honestly couldn't tell you because like the experience of dreaming is just so odd. Like it's, yep. it's not the same as real life. It's just this weird like landscape that your mind creates and I can really really remember well but I I think I see the same that's my guess I know that people's faces in my dreams I always know who it is but they have no definite like I I can't really see facial Mm. features or anything like that um speaking of faces yeah sorry fun fact your subconscious mind is actually not able to like create faces or voices so every one you see or hear in a dream is actually you're subconsciously remembering the face of someone you met if even for like a second interesting yeah i've mm-hmm. heard of that well all my people are faceless so in my dream <laughs> <laughs> this is this also applies to voices too <laughs> it's kind of just a blob like like they look to me in real life. So yeah. All right. Next question. How do you find your way around your school? How do you find your locker and the things in it? So around my school, I actually just started high school this year in grade 10. And it's a bit harder to navigate because it's a bit bigger and not a very familiar environment. I don't usually use a locker. I keep everything in the braille room, room where I have like all my braille stuff and keep all that. Alethea, do you have a locker? I do, but uh, that's only for, uh, that's actually in the band area. So I just put my band stuff in it. (laughs) Mm. My locker is not necessarily for academic stuff. Um, usually a lot of my stuff is in my classes when it comes to work. For me, navigating around the school, I go on my own and I can travel independently in the school. However, there are some times where I get lost or it gets really bad crowded and it's like, oh no, how do I find my way out of this? Like, Mm -hmm. I appreciate people chatting and whatnot and they just like cluster. It's like, oh, I love that you chatting, but please, can you just... Leave oh, me, love to leave stand me in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, My at least they get actually, out of the way, though. They're they're not trying to do it to be, you know, crazy. Yeah, my school actually has braille on the doors, so oh, that's cool. You have to all you have to know is like the number of your room. Like for example, mm. I have math in room three, so I'll just look for room three. Mm. Oh, I found it. That's my math class. Okay. Yeah. Um, How is it for you, Nina? Well, I have to say I go to a really small school that is split into two campuses. And on the campus that I am, it's about 
200 students. Mm. So it's not much. And our whole building is pretty much just one long hallway with a bunch of classrooms on the side. So it's kind of impossible to get lost. Is it hard to find the right classroom then if it's one long hall? Um, Not really, because I mean, I've been there for almost five years now. So I know where every room is Mm. and the teachers are always in the same room. I used to always uh, pick a locker on the end of the, like at the end of the bay of lockers so that I didn't have to like try to count like, you know, seven lockers in or something Mm -hmm. like that and, and kind of be in everybody's way while I'm trying to. Yeah get there and find same with me same with me like that's always been how I've done it and how I've been recommended to do it because there's nothing like bumping bodies and like oops Mm -hmm. sorry yeah Mm -hmm. yeah totally and I had to have a key lock instead of a combination lock yeah I I have my own lock too yeah uh all right moving into how to use a phone if you can't see uh, Alethea, why don't you start this one? So I use my phone with a voiceover, which is it's it's my iPhone, and it it's in every iPhone. I there's different gestures to operate it, um, different swipes. I when I text, I use Braille screen input, and it's been really like useful for me because like I need to be able to type fast. Like a lot of my blind friends. Not saying that their way of typing is bad, but th- it's much slower. They just like touch the letter, double tap, or touch on the screen. And I just, I just like, I use Braille screen input uh, because I find it, it just is, is productive, gets the job done when I need it. Although um, there's friends who I'm trying to convince to do it. Uh, they said it was hard at first. Like it was hard, but. You know, like I, when I tried to learn it at first myself, I was a little frustrated, but I actually got the hang of it after watching tutorials and practicing. And can you, can you explain what Braille input, like, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. Braille screen input is, so I got the screen cover and what I put the screen cover on the phone and it has dots on it. I think it's like, um, speeddots.com or something like that. Um, and there's basically, um, two rows of three, Mm -hmm. uh, that I use. And when I, I can basically type regular Braille on my phone and there's like different gestures for like space, enter, uh, the coolest thing I like about it is how, like, you can actually spell type (laughs) a word. Like sometimes I'll accidentally put like a wrong letter in a word and uh I could do a gesture uh to change the spelling and then continue typing Hmm. so every finger you need six fingers like for each of the dots and then you're just pressing the combination of fingers of dots to make the braille exactly and there are two modes for it there's like a tabletop mode in the screen away mode I use the screen of way mode because that's the mode I use most often. And that's the one I use a lot because sometimes I don't necessarily have a flat surface. So, um, 
and you can even set it so it locks into your preferred your preferred mode. Hmm. Very cool. Nina, how do you use your phone? Are you able to read it? For the most part, yes, because Apple has a lot of really great accessibility tools. So I have the text set to the very biggest it can go. And I always have dark mode on. And then I also have a shortcut for voiceover for apps where the text doesn't really go big enough or a website or something. Cool. Can you listen to music or podcasts while you walk? I mean, should you? <laughs> I know, right? It's a question. I do it with my AirPods. Like I'll uh-huh. be in the like in the morning if I just want to listen to my own music, I'll grab my AirPods from my room and just walk to the kitchen. Like these ones don't noise cancel anything. Mm-hmm. So as long as I don't turn my music volume up really loud, it will be fine. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I mean I still walk house. slowly. I still have to be cautious to make sure I don't like yeah. bump really quickly into something because but overall like i i can do it if i know the space i feel like if you're in your own house too it's a bit different you're more familiar with it and yeah if 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 i'm say i don't know at the grocery store or something then it would be best to maybe not or at the very least have it turned down so you can still hear direction. What about you, Nina? I will listen to music and podcasts and audiobooks when I'm like walking my dog, mm-hmm. but I always use my earbuds instead of my noise canceling headphones. And then I rarely walk in like busy public spaces, but if I do, I won't have anything in my ears. Yeah, I kind of, uh, if I'm on the SkyTrain and I'm listening to a book or a podcast, I have a certain part of my walk that I will not, you know, I'll stop the book until I get to a certain point and then I'm confident to do the rest of it with one earbud in, Mm -hmm. Um, but I probably shouldn't. And then I take it out to cross the streets, but just walking along the sidewalk, I know where all the poles are. Uh, but I do sometimes think, Oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's different in your house, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. How do you pick out your clothes to wear? Do you have favorite clothes based on how they feel or fit? I just do it randomly maybe based on how it fits i just do it random like no explanation oh i'm not wearing this particular shirt today unless it's a special event or something okay i always put a lot of planning into my clothes like even if it's something really comfortable every like at the beginning of every week i'm like okay on wednesday i have cello so i can't wear a skirt and on thursday i'm going to be tired so i'm going to be wearing my sweatpants (laughs) (laughs) that's I'm very much that way too um so can you recognize your clothes uh by feel I I guess this is a question to all of you like do you know what color it is based on how it feels um if you're randomly selecting something do you know what you're wearing not really just underwear pants shirt okay I know what they are I don't know what color or design okay I mean, if someone mm-hmm. probably told me like the colors, I just instant, I just forget mm-hmm. if it's, and for me, yeah. like if I get like a shirt and they tell me a color, uh, I, I don't know. I just like 
forget it. And I, and you know, I hear people say, you know, you should know what colors are for your shirts just in case, you know, something happens to them, but you know. <laughs> so Alethea, do you care? Like, do you want it? Do you ever ask what, what color is my shirt today? No, you I don't, don't ask. No. Okay. Interesting. I am so want to know always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I find out when I buy something, what color it is. And sometimes I forget, especially if I buy too many things at the same time. And then I'm like, Oh, was this the blue one? Or was this the black one or, you know, whatever. But I always am like, what color is my shirt? if I forget um Nina can you identify color yes I can I can pretty easily see color and pattern Mm -hmm. all right do you watch sports and if so what are your favorite sports to watch is it boring to watch sports if you can't see so there's a difference between watching sports and watching sports willingly (laughs) (laughs) oh yes yes (laughs) I I have watched sports mostly because my family wants me to. Mm. Yeah, like this weekend, I'm going to my sister's hockey tournament. Oh, that kind of sports. I was thinking sports on TV, like with commentary, at least. Also that, so too. Much live sports. Mm-hmm. So it is boring, is what you're saying, Nolan. In my opinion, it is, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Alethea, what do you think? I feel like it depends on the experience. Like if I'm doing it with my friends, I like hearing my friends. And um, I, I I just hear them like, sometimes I'll hear them talk about it. I'll try to see what's going on. But if if it's by my, and, and you know, I try to get excited with them. But if it's by myself, I, I'm not a sports person. How about you, Nina? I have never really been a sports person. So I'll never watch on TV, but I will always, always watch the Olympics. Yes. Because it's just so fun. And I feel like there's always a good amount of commentary for it to be interesting. And then I've also been to a couple rugby games with my family because my family loves rugby. And it's not boring for me because I feel like I can figure out what's going on in the game just based by the crowd's reaction. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I I think the going to a live game, even though I don't have a clue what's happening usually, uh, like a hockey game or something is pretty fun. I mean, there's like popcorn and good snacks and (laughs) energy of the the people. (laughs) Yes. But when I watch the Olympics, it's all about the story of the athletes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think I care about that more than the actual watching of the sports. But then I do know blind people who are big sports fans. So I feel like we might just be a sample of folks that is not like super into that thing, but that doesn't mean that it can't be fun. And with audio description now, some of some sporting events are starting to be described. So that helps a lot too. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Especially the Olympics. Usually you can find the Olympics with audio description. Um, Okay. Let's see. How do you tell how much cash you have? Do different types of bills feel differently? Do you learn the different sizes of coins, etc.? Yes. Um, the bills, well, at least for Canadian money, the bills have Braille on them. For if it's a five, if it's a five dollar bill, it will have one. 
full braille cell, $10 bill, it has two, 20, it has three, 50, it has four. And I, I've learned the different uh, sizes of coins and stuff like that. So I am efficiently able to count my money. And For coins also, you can tell by the, uh, sometimes the texture on the edges as well as the yeah. size, like, uh, um, you know, you can tell like, oh, this is a toonie or loony by the texture, mm-hmm. a quarter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I do too. The texture on the edges, yeah. It's funny when I was younger, I didn't know that. And so I would literally just stack all the coins to try to figure out which was, which is this a nickel? Is it a quarter? And that's what I still do. Really? Yeah. So the quarters have like, um, ridges. So the, and, and nickels are smooth on the edges. So that's how you can tell. And then of course a dime also has like a different edge than a penny, although pennies aren't even a thing anymore. So I'm showing my age. Uh, but when I was a kid, we had pennies, <laughs> which were the yeah. same size as dimes. Um, and then loonies are like, have oh, loonies have many sides. Like they're like, I don't know how to explain it's, it, but is it like rough weird. and then smooth, rough, smooth kind of thing? Yeah. Kind of. It, it's not a perfect circle, whereas toonies yeah. are a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's much faster than having to stack them on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're very lucky in Canada to have Braille on our money. I don't know yeah. that that's yeah. a thing in a lot of other places. That'd be I know that a... American money doesn't have it. No. Mm-hmm. It'd be no. interesting to know. Like, yeah, I want to know. And our, our, our bills are also different colored, which isn't always. Yeah, it's uh, not like that in the U.S. either. Yeah. So that helps with low vision, I would imagine, too, just being yeah. able to see the colors. Yeah, I recognize the bills by color. And then... Recently, my family went to South Africa because that's where we're from and we were visiting family and the money's different and it really threw me because I didn't recognize the colors. Mm. Next question. What is your favorite thing to do? I, I threw this one in because I think it's really interesting to show kind of the wide range of interests that people who are blind have. So I hope you don't all give the same answer, but (laughs) (laughs) so Nina, what's your favorite thing to do? That's a difficult question. I have a lot of favorite things to do. Um, I really love music. I play piano and cello. Um, I love reading, like I said earlier, and listening to podcasts. I love being in nature. I love eating food. <laughs> awesome. Those are great. I have a wide variety of interests. I like music. Uh, I like Nina. I, I play drums. Um, and I believe it's, I know I was on the podcast for drumming and that was like back in episode 55 or in the fifties somewhere. <laughs> Anywho. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I found my love like for languages again, because I, when I was young, I tried to learn Mandarin, but didn't succeed because I couldn't find a whole series of lessons. But now I, I'm learning Spanish and hopefully learning. I want to learn some other languages as well. I, also like music i play the violin or the fiddle fun fact they're the same instrument <laughs> yeah. i remember when i play the I violin and the fiddle 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I remember when I taught you that they were the same instrument. I know. That kind of blew my mind. I A week after that. I joined Blind Beginnings, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also like reading, listening to podcasts, eating food. Also, <laughs> writing stories. I'm really into like creative writing specifically like science fiction sort of stories and I do that in braille so okay so this is a silly question and I would like to know how many of you have been asked this uh do you know sign language oh, <laughs> oh I've been asked this yep me too <laughs> I haven't luckily but I'm sure like vision teachers will be like being asked do you know sign language? It's like, <laughs> you don't work with hearing people. It's vision. <laughs> Unless you, like, you might know a few words, but you're not fluent in sign language. Like, no. <sighs> I remember my mom, I think, said that she was talking to someone. I can't remember who. And she was like, yeah, and I have a son named Nolan who's blind. And they were like, oh, cool. So you must know a lot of sign language. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah. People who say that either do not know what sign language is or do not know what blindness is because right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like what world are you coming from, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> if you were a person who thought that uh blind people know sign language, um <laughs> we uh, we don't. Yes. Uh, so sign language is talking with your hands, basically. And if you're blind, you wouldn't be able to see people talking with their hands. So we do not know yeah. sign language. I mean, some, I guess some people might have learned sign. I actually know the alphabet in sign language from when I was in brownies and we were all taught sign language or the alphabet, mm. but that's nothing to do with my blindness. Um, okay. What is something you wish people understood about being blind? Uh, that we can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah. Mm. That one. Yeah. And like, care to elaborate? Some people, <laughs> yeah. Some people will assume that I'm, since I'm blind, I also can't hear or speak for myself. Mm. Yeah. Because a lot of times when I'm out with my mom or my dad, they will, or even my younger siblings, <laughs> they will yeah. speak to them instead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the worst part is they will answer and mm. not. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so annoying. Mm. Right. So speak directly to us just because we can't see doesn't mean that we can't speak or hear what you're yeah. asking or speak for ourselves and think for ourselves. That's a good one. Also repeatedly asking questions about me. Like I remember I went over to a friend's birthday a couple of years ago and everyone there was just asking him questions about me as if I wasn't there and I couldn't hear him mm. hear them or something mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I think I, I wish they understood that you know blind people are like regular people yes yeah. uh you know we're, we might be have the difference of being blind but we're just regular people you know we're regular human beings. I think just that blindness is such a spectrum and the vast majority of blind people can see something. And there's so many people out there who are in that gray area that you may not even know about, but there's so many of us 
I am not some rare specimen. And yeah, <laughs> just that we're people. I think for me, I'm jumping in on this one because I can't not. I think for me, I want people to raise their expectations of what we're capable of. Uh, I think there's an assumption that if you're blind, you can't do a lot of things and that's not true. So kind of assume that we can, we might need to do it a little bit differently. We might need a little bit of help, but uh, we probably can do it. The amount of times I've heard the phrase, no, you can't because you're blind. Mm. (sighs) Yeah. Drives me crazy. I know. And, and it's often from people who aren't blind, who actually have no idea if you can mm-hmm. or not. So I think try it, you know, give us a chance to try and, and maybe we won't be able to do it, but maybe we will. And often we yeah. can. Yeah. Like I remember some, some kids, some of my friends were going sledding in winter and I was like, Hey, can I join you? I like to go sledding. No, you can't because you're blind. That's the thing. Yeah. My friends never asked me out and I wish they did, which, you know, Mm. I kind of agree with Nolan. Like they're not against me going, but it's just like they meet, they wait for me to offer. But Mm -hmm. also I, I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, you know, if I want to join, I want to join, you know? Yeah. It doesn't hurt to ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I say no, I say no. It's not like I'm against it, you know. Maybe I just don't feel like feel like it that day or something, like everyone else. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think sometimes people make assumptions, like like the watching sports thing. Well, that wouldn't be fun, and maybe it isn't fun for most of us, but uh, or for some of us, I should. For I meant for most of us that are here today in this conversation. Yeah. Um, but like going to movies, I love going to movies. Uh, even though I can't see the movie, if it has audio description, especially, but I still love the experience of going to a movie. So there could be things that you assume, oh, this, my blind friend wouldn't probably enjoy doing this, but if you don't ask, you're not going to find out. And if it is something that we don't think we can do, or don't think we'd enjoy doing, like we'll tell you, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I just try to tell my friends um, well, I would, but mo- because most of my friends are lo- blind anyway. So, um, I usually try, would try to tell my friends like who aren't blind, just ask me if I want to do something, even if, even no matter how silly it sounds, I won't think it's silly. Like for all that I care, you can be like, Hey, do you want to go and I don't know, go to this art class and do some coloring with me. <laughs> right. Probably say no, but at least they asked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts? Any last words for our listeners? Anything else you wanted to tell people about blindness on this during this white cane week? Well, I I'd say for me, I one of my friends uh, she has this quote and she's, I don't know where she got it from. Maybe she did it. I'm just going to say that it's basically being courageous, you know, and just like have courage and, and be kind. And for those people who are afraid to go up to blind people, to talk to blind people, you need to give it a chance because you never know 
maybe you'll make friends with that person, you know. And it's it's all part of educating people in the blind in, in, that are not in the blind community. Uh, there are many ways to educate people on on blindness within your life. Yeah, just take the risk. Don't be afraid, because you never know what you'll get. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Great advice. Well, thanks to all of you for being here and answering these questions. Hopefully, people have a greater understanding of some of uh, the aspects of blindness and visual impairment. I really appreciate you being here. Great job, you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.